Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. So today we're talking about something that's really important, and it's something that I don't think enough people talk about. Um, I am going to forewarn that I am very passionate about this. Yes, so I'm gonna me try. too. <laughs> gonna I think try. all three of us are. So yes, I'm gonna try and keep it, keep our passion in check. Um, but it's going to be a really great conversation, all, all about the importance of crying and allowing our children to cry. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, something that we hear on a regular basis is I get, I get two sentences on a regular basis. Every time my child cries, I feel like I'm a bad mom. Yeah. That's one yeah. that I hear often. The second one is I'm failing if my child cries or gets upset. So equating yeah. child's upset with failing or being a bad mom. Yeah. So, some, somehow we've been given this message that it means that, you know, we, we need to stop the crying if they start crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even though you may be feeling these and we're hearing these, these statements are not true. Not at, at all. all. At all. So today's <clears throat> conversation is a really important one and one that uh, all grown-ups should be listening to if they're caring for little people. Uh, this could be older generations, so grandparents, as well as partners. Anybody who's taking care of little ones needs to really just listen with an open mind about the importance of why we want our children to cry and have those feelings. Ready to jump in? I do want to say that it can be quite frustrating or aggravating. It triggers stuff in us when we do hear our little ones crying, right? But it, it doesn't need to be that they've had a meltdown and that means that they need to be punished for that meltdown. It's mm-hmm. those are feelings that need to come out and they are going to come out somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. One of the things that we want our children to grow up knowing how to do is to be able to regulate their feelings and emotions. We want them to understand their feelings and emotions and other people's as well. We want them to be able to communicate effectively. And the way to teach them how to do that comes first by allowing them to have their feelings when they have them. So you know, they're, they're happy, they're sad, they're overstimulated, they're frustrated. We never know exactly what is going on in their heads or what they're, what exactly they're feeling. But sometimes it comes out in crying. And if we are always stopping them from being able to offload that specific feeling that they have, they're not going to really know how to communicate as they get older. They're not going to know how to handle their own feelings as they get older. And some adults really do struggle with this to this day, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like take a step back and think of the adults in your life and how they handle their own emotions and past generations and, and the way things were done uh, prevented, especially uh, the male generation of being able to accept feelings and feelings uh, being part of their everyday life. So what has happened is now we have 
adults that struggle with being able to communicate effectively, to be able to communicate their feelings, to be able to discuss feelings, um, and to understand how feelings drive behavior, right? That's the, that's the base of behaviors, those feelings and emotions. So emotions drive behavior. So, and I think back to Elisa's point, like, I think it's just unrealistic that uh, children aren't going to have feelings. This is, this is something that or just I really- one feeling. Yeah. A feeling of happiness all the time. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and yes, our goal is to parent in the present for sure. We want to be present with our children and we want to be parenting where they are in that stage. But there's, there's a piece of parenting that we also are growing these little ones to become thriving adults in society and emotions and communication start from the very, very beginning with our little ones. Yeah, no emotion is wrong. So we need to feel a variety of emotions. It's really in how we deal with those feelings and emotions that's more important than the emotion itself. We don't exactly. want to, no, 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 don't feel bad. Don't feel bad or don't cry. We don't want to stuff that down. We want to feel the emotions. Eventually we'll learn to understand what those emotions are. Labeling that comes much later. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to avoid or ignore any emotions because they are all accepted and it's how mm -hmm. we deal with them. Yeah, this is the prerequisite for them being able to learn how to handle their emotions and, and how to express themselves fully. One of the, one of the challenges, uh, sorry, Lisa, were you gonna add to that? I was just gonna say two of the things that I hear often are either, parents will be a f like not be apprehensive about that feeling and emotion and they feel like they have to stop the crying because they have failed their children but the mm -hmm. other thing that i hear is they had a meltdown and that means that they need to have a consequence for the meltdown itself right yes. whereas we can still we can absolutely still um be able to help them through that meltdown and not allow them to hit us or you know it doesn't mean that because you're listening to your child's feelings and you're allowing them to offload that we need to still allow them to hit us or throw things across the room right we're still working on all of those things but the actual meltdown and that that tantrum if you will that's not something that we need to really focus on being something that needs to have a consequence or something like that. I mean, it feels like it would be pretty crappy if I was having a bad day and I came home and I was like upset about something that a coworker said or, or, you know, I had a discussion with my boss and I was feeling upset. And then, and then I got in trouble for that. Once I got home, like that would feel pretty crappy if I was like, Hey honey, this is what happened. And then, and then I got, you know, angry or started yelling at me. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like, <laughs> I'm sad. Why are you yelling at me? One of the other things too, back to that, um, where Lisa said kind of that fear apprehension around our children's um, upset. I hear often, you know, I'm just, I, I try to avoid that upset. So I'll like, I tiptoe, I'm tiptoe, I'm tiptoeing around my toddler trying to avoid that upset. I really don't want to, um, you know, make them angry, get them into that position where we could potentially have a tantrum. So I just kind of avoid stuff and appease them. And this is something that um, as we chat through more of that crying, I really, if, if you, if this is 
if these are those feelings that you are feeling that you are scared of your child's or your little one's upsets, um, really trying to understand that upset and then obvious um, as well as understanding where your trigger is coming from with that upset. But we also want to understand that if we start tiptoeing around our children, we're giving, we're, we're, we're giving them more control in the relationship. So, and not control, like I'm a big bad person and I'm controlling you, not like that when we talk about parenting and, and that balance of control, but there's certain things that children just can't handle. They can't handle what they're going to eat and where you guys are going to go and what you guys are doing and what, what everybody's going to be wearing and where mom has to sit and this and that and that and all these other things. That much control for our children is too much and it's going to cause more upset, more offloading, more emotional um, tantrums than if that control is in balance. So if we're talking about that, that's what we're talking about when we do say control. Um, but being mindful of those fears of, of what's causing those fears in you to come up when your little one gets upset as well. And not to mention that that confidence as well, right? When yes. we're spending our days tiptoeing around our children to avoid those meltdowns from happening, they're not sensing a whole lot of confidence. So that is one of the that's one of the things that we hear the most from the families that we work with. And that's one of the most positive feedback that we hear is that we've helped them parent with confidence. Yes. And it starts there, right, with figuring out why you're triggered when they are upset and to move forward from that. But the tiptoeing around your children isn't very fun all the time, all day, every day to have to do that, right? So that's one thing that our families just love is that we help them with that big, huge aspect of parenting. It really, it really is such a big piece. So um, another part that we're going to talk about with the crying too is the difference between cried out versus what we're talking about is crying with support. So cried out essentially, you know, and, and I think this is used widely when in inappropriate times, uh, cried out is the true definition of cried out is your child is left to cry by themselves, right? Without support, um, either until they fall asleep, until they're done crying, uh, until they put their tears away and they're ready to talk, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, cry it out is that sense. Crying with support is it's okay to have feelings. I'm here with you as you have the, those feelings. I can offer that support. Um, you know, I don't have to make you go off to your room. I don't have to do this. I can be that support for you while you are crying. It sends a message that, you know, the, the child is being acknowledged, that they're being seen, and that they are being heard. Yeah. And for those who have used extinction or cry it out as a method of sleep coaching, there's nothing wrong with doing that if it's what you have chosen for your family and that works for your family. The difference is that during the day when they're when they're crying and they're like with you and being upset, you can still acknowledge they're upset by being close and you know, being there to help them. And you would, you know, still be responding to them during their wakeful hours. Yeah, That's like, I, you know, I had one mom that felt really heartbroken because she allowed her child to cry it out because she had to go to the bathroom and little one was in her chair um, crying. But mom was like, I hadn't peed all morning and I really needed to pee and I felt so awful. I let her cry it out. And I was like, oh, that, no, no, that's not, 
crying it out. That's mom needs to pee. That's a, Hey buddy, I'm right here. I'm close. So you're still offering that communication. You're still offering that support. You're still, chances are baby was probably outside of your door or even inside the bathroom with you while she was in her chair, but you still had to go pee. So that is not cried out. Right. So, so there is a big difference between cried out and then crying with support. Mm -hmm. Now this doesn't mean, you know, I did say, right. Like cried out, um, especially at daytime hours, you know, go to your room, cry by yourself. Doesn't mean that never are we going to say, okay, you need a break. I need a break. Let's kind of each take our own break and go to our own space. That doesn't, it doesn't mean that it just means that every time they're upset, it's not, go away until you're done crying, go to your room. When you're ready to talk, you can come back, put your tears away so that we can talk, right? So so having time to be able to decompress, absolutely. Um, some children will need a little bit more. Most children, however, do need us by their sides. So, yeah. so, so it's okay to have a little bit of space, but know that for the majority of that upset, you do want to be close by for them. And sometimes it means that for you working on your own feelings and how to deal with your own emotions and upset, sometimes you just need that to happen where they are not in your space for a few minutes so that you can bring yourself back down before then you hold space for them, right? That's okay. You need to make sure that if you are highly triggered at that moment and you are about to become reactive, that you bring yourself back down first so that you can then go to your child. And, and this is something that I am working on on a regular basis because I am a very reactive person. Just by nature, I am reactive. So I have had to do a lot of work on myself over the last few years um, with children that test the limits regularly, you know, a very highly sensitive One of my children is very highly sensitive and does have a lot of big feelings, right? So sometimes when those big feelings are happening and I'm just like, this is out of left field. I don't know where this came from. Before I can hold space for her and sit and listen and be there for her, I need to take a little break. So that's that moment where I'll say, you need to, you need a break. I need a break. I am still listening to your feelings, but I will be right back to sit with you. And then I go into my room. I just do whatever I need to do for a few minutes, and then I'm able to go back in and sit there. So it's going to happen. You're not always going to be right there with them through every single meltdown that they have forever. But there are, like Pam said and and Heidi said, there are ways of being able to sit there with them while still taking care of your own needs to bring yourself back down again before you react. Mm -hmm. So different ages, we're going to be offering different types of support, right? So regardless of what age they are, we do want to make sure that their physical needs are met. Are they wet, hungry? Are they in pain? Are they tired, right? We want to make sure that, um, and we do know that tired babies and children are going to cry more, are going to have more emotional upsets. Um, So that's a really big one. Um, If you're struggling there, restful parenting can help. Um, But uh, we really do want to make sure those needs are met. So with our little, little guys, with our infants, you know, our zero to four or five month olds, our, our, our new babies um, there are things we're not we're not just sitting and allowing them we're not just sitting with them crying right we're, we are trying to stop that crying 
for the most part. Some babies, um, you know, there, there, there are some instances where some babies just, it doesn't matter what you're doing and they're just crying and crying and crying. If that's the challenge, reach out to Restful Parenting. We can help as well. Um, but there are some easy tips like Harvey Karp's five S's for helping um, calm a crying, colicky, fussy baby. Um, ensuring sleep is on track, being mindful of those wake windows. Um, and then also ensuring that we're not always with our infants those first four or five months that we're not always every time there's an upset or every time there's a squawk putting a bottle in their mouth or putting a breast in their mouth right so we do want to allow if there is some upset we want to investigate we want to um you know offer some of that support sometimes they just you know sometimes they just need a 30 second minute and a half kind of like Wah! and they just want you to hug them instead of shoving something into their mouth yeah, right so goes with a soother yes yep another big one too right? So not every squawk has to be met. So if they're starting to squawk and cry, you can pick them up and you can offer your voice first. Absolutely, right? And you can offer different ways of being able to um, offer that comfort. Oh my goodness, buddy, are you starting to get hungry? Or is your diaper wet? Let's check your diaper, right? So you're having that conversation and you're talking to them. So, so there's more distracting at that age, for sure. Um, but, but we are responding to that upset for always. The other yeah. thing to keep in mind too with infants is they don't have uh, any other way to let communicate their needs. They don't have language at all, like a toddler or a preschooler. So crying is their only way to let you know. So it's it's a different type of crying altogether too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and one trick too is that when you are, let's say they're in their chair and you're gone to the bathroom or you're chopping up vegetables and they start crying, to avoid rushing to them right away just to scoop them up and and stop that upset from happening before it even began yes. one trick to do is to talk to them on your way over so you know you're talking to them and you're saying oh what's going on i see i see you're in there i know you're there i can and hear you then, listen to how loud you're getting oh my goodness yeah. buddy i'm coming and then go and get them, right? Yeah. Then pick them up and, and offer them whatever support you need to offer them at that moment. But then you're getting yourself into that space where you're not panicking that they have squawked, right? So it's kind of just, it gives you that extra little thing to do before you go and take mm -hmm. them out of their chair, whatnot. Mm -hmm. And just a really quick, so back to that confidence piece, Elisa, is when when we're rushing to our infants and we have that oh my goodness you're upset okay I got you I got you I got you and we're scooping them up our babies don't know what we're saying but they're feeling what we're feeling so if we're rushing to them with that oh my goodness what's oh you're crying okay I got you I got you versus the hey buddy I'm I know I can hear you're upset I'm coming but I'm just washing my hands I was chopping onions I'm gonna be there in one second oh my goodness you're so upset I'm coming I'm coming right you're talking to him and you're and you're making your way over and then you're scooping him up so now he's starting to feel the difference between that oh my goodness that panicked upset versus mom that has that confidence that's using her voice who scoops me up and says oh my goodness monkey I'm right here here I am right and then gives me that hug versus that <gasps> panicked mom right so that's where that confidence comes in and if we're starting that with our infants that's going to translate into our babies and then into our toddlers as well mm -hmm. so as they get older we start to see that direct correlation with you're learning a new skill you're frustrated because you've rolled and you can't roll back. 
you're learning how to fall asleep on your own or with a little less assistance perhaps from from care providers you know we're seeing a direct impact on you know what has just happened and then the upset so it's less of the guessing as it is when they're an infant right when they're an infant they cry like Heidi said that that's how they communicate everything they might have a dirty diaper they might have a sore stomach and it's kind of at the beginning our job to work through those things to figure out which one of those issues is what's bothering them but when they get to be a little bit older and we can visibly see that they've rolled onto their back and they're frustrated or on the, to their stomach and they're frustrated, they can't move back onto their, whichever one they rolled onto, then that's when we really want to put this into practice as well. So rather than scooping up, they might just need to have a couple of minutes or a couple of seconds of upset so that they can then move forward from that. But if we are constantly stopping that from happening and going right away, not even letting them have those feelings, going right away, scooping them back up and not letting them work through that, that's gonna, that's gonna kind of go onto their shoulders and it's going to be pent up feelings towards the end of the day right? Because a little bit there, I was frustrated. And this is especially so as our children get older, when we do not allow the, those feelings to come out, they are going to come out further on through the day. Absolutely. And this is the same with us adults. If, if we have a challenge with something, or we're having a big feeling ourselves, and we are not given the space or the opportunity to allow that feeling to come out, we have different ways of doing it. We have venting, we have, you know, going for a run or going for a walk, <laughs> shopping, perhaps. We've got all sorts of different ways of getting those feelings out. For me, it's venting. I need to talk about it. I really do. So if I don't, then it just sits on my shoulders and it comes out at some point at the end of the day and it's just a big explosion and it's like could be a big explosion that happens over the tiniest little thing right last straw yeah imagine so, for a, a baby toddler preschooler who all day long has swallowed 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 it's not going to come out it may come out in a big tantrum before bed or through the night but or right after going, school or right after school it's also going to come out with anger so those quick bursts of of um explosion or, or feelings that like oh i just i need to get some of it out it's gonna start coming out in that aggression side of it as well so uh, yeah it's really yeah, big so it's, it's really great to start working on that especially when they get to that age where you start to see that direct you know this happened and then they were upset so you're not they're not hungry because you could see that you're teaching them how to fall asleep on their own or you're working on making some changes with their day or they've rolled and they're frustrated or they've gone to the the outlet and you've pulled them away from that because you don't want them putting their hands in that so you can see that and that is the perfect opportunity to sit close to them and just say this is really upsetting i can see that and then allowing them to work through that upset rather than trying to stop it right away. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest pieces, you know, especially once they start moving, 
Um, so our crawlers, once they start moving, they're going to be trying to figure out what they're allowed to do in those spaces that you've put them in. Are they allowed to pull out the, the um, soil from the potted plant? Are they allowed to pull themselves up against the window? Are they allowed to, you know, crawl into the dog's bed or over to the dog's food? So these are all things that they're going to be checking to see what they are allowed to do. And then they're going to recheck and recheck and recheck because that's what they like to do. Are you sure I'm not allowed to touch this plant because you left it here, it's still here, so are you sure? So they're testing those boundaries. So every time you pull them back from that plant, there's going to be that upset, distracting them. So again, back to that distracting, giving them a soother. Or here's another toy, play with this over here, look at this over here, right? We, what we're doing every time there's that upset is we're, they're, they're going to swallow those feelings. So yeah, buddy, I know, it's super frustrating that you're not allowed to play with that plant and then allow him to have that upset. And then when he's done, Let's go find the blocks. What can we play with, right? Let's go find the blocks. Let's go find the, the this or that. But it's, it's not so much every single time there's an upset. It's look out the window. Oh my goodness, look over there. It's let's allow that upset, especially as they're learning those boundaries um, and testing those limits for what they can and can't do within their own space. Mm -hmm. Another nice thing to start working on in the, at this age too is other ways of comforting them. So if you've always found that so one thing that my husband said um, that was super poignant when, when Ireland was little was, you can't be the only one to offer comfort. Yeah. So if I'm home and I'm with them and she falls, um, you can't come in and scoop her up and, and take her from me because if I'm at the park with her alone, she needs to know that I can be that source of comfort. So allowing others to offer comfort is, is one piece to start working on. But also if you find that every time they're upset, you are offering the soother or the breast or the bottle or something that's kind of plugging them up. I don't, I don't know what else to say, but we're kind of sticking something in their mouth. Um, if that is your go-to way of comforting them, this is a nice time to start exploring other ways. Hugging, offering some, you know, snuggles, uh, other ways of being able to let them know that you are there, that you are their safe space without it being, um, you know, a comfort food or comfort nurse or, or that soother or that kind of thing. And just to be super clear, we are in no way against pacifier soothers yeah, or breastfeeding all. or bottle feeding. It's just we like to allow our little ones to have those feelings. So not always feeling like you have to, you know, put something into their mouth so that they stop crying, but rather yes. just trying to show you the importance that letting them have those feelings is really, really great for their development as they get older as well. Thanks, Lisa. So with our toddlers and preschoolers, we know that our toddlers were expecting tantrums. These are age appropriate and it's an expectation of their development. Um, we know that they are, again, this comes back to testing those limits, testing those boundaries, you know, and I, and I use this analogy all the time, but if you give them chocolate cake for breakfast one morning for the next 30 days, they are going to ask for chocolate cake for breakfast. Even if you've said no 28 times, they're going to ask on morning 29 again. So it's an expectation that they're going to continue testing those boundaries, testing those limits, and that is going to cause upset, right? If you throw your food on the ground and I take you away from the table and say you're all done, that's going to cause upset. The difference here is 
if you throw food on the ground and that causes upset and then I sit down and start feeding you, now we're playing into the tantrum, right? Mm -hmm. That's the difference between playing into the tantrum, giving into the tantrum versus allowing that upset. So if I've removed you from the table and now you've thrown yourself on the ground and you're super upset, I'm going to say, oh my gosh, you are so upset. I'm sorry that dinner isn't going very well for you tonight. Gosh, this seems really tough. And then once they're done being upset, then I'm going to talk to them. Okay, are you ready to try one more time? Or are you all done? Right? That's when I'm then going to, if I, if, you know, if I'm feeling like they're still hungry, I'm going to offer them that second chance, but not during the upset. Um, that's the difference with the giving in versus um, allowing that upset and supporting that upset. Mm -hmm. One thing to remember with toddler upsets and when we are doing that emotional offloading is that crying again crying is okay so we do have a tantrums podcast so if you're dealing with lots of tantrums definitely head back i think it's in the beginning like 15 ish episodes maybe um so so head back and listen to that because we talk a lot about the emotional offloading and um some of those setting the limits and stuff with our toddlers preschoolers especially a, a lot about the how long tantrums can last but one of the things that we kind of say on a regular basis is would you tell your best friend that she's been upset enough? Okay, now. Okay, now, Lisa, you've cried enough, honey. I know that you're sad, but you've cried enough. So it's time to put those tears away. We're done with this now, right? So if we have toddlers, preschoolers who aren't used to being listened to or having those feelings validated, they are going to, it's going to be a very, very, very long upset. Um, and a lot of those upsets are going to feel insignificant, but that crying is important that they get out. It, it's, it releases um, stress. It helps them come off of those big upsets. And crying is just so, so, so important for them. And it's big for them. Like, it may, like, be like, oh, my goodness. Like, seriously? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is, but for them, it's a big deal. It really is. It really, really is. And, and, and we're going to talk about this with the school-age kids as well. But it's, it's, when when it doesn't feel like a big deal for us but it does for them and we blow it off that way then it that's not validating they're upset right i you know it's tough when you were hoping to be able to get together with your friend this weekend for the first time for a play date and then it doesn't happen that's super upsetting which is what we're dealing with this weekend with oscar and it's very upsetting for him and he's probably cried probably about four times now about it and he just needs a couple of minutes and he gets really upset and then he's okay. So, so what we're doing with our toddlers and preschoolers is we're allowing that upset to help them feel that it's okay for me to get upset and then I can feel better afterwards. It's a yeah. really big piece with our toddlers. They need to know that after that big upset, it's okay to be upset and that they're going to feel good again after that upset. Mm -hmm. It's a really huge skill for lifelong wellness emotional wellness yes yes hmm. and one really big tip that um we try and we try and get across is not every time there's upset and tears saying oh you're okay yeah because you they know don't it's feel okay 
I know. And we say it all the time. I have, I have, I have to work very, I've had to work very hard on this because for us, when we're saying you're okay, what we're trying to do is tell them that eventually you're going to be okay. There's nothing major that's happened. You know, your arm's still attached. You're okay. You're going to get through this, right? That's what we're saying when we're saying you're okay. But for them, they're trying to figure out, okay, but I'm not okay. And you keep telling me I'm okay. So this is really confusing. <laughs> yeah. And so then later on when they're older, teenager, adult, and they are not feeling okay. And Don't someone says, fine. how are you? I'm okay. Yeah. And they're not, they're not able to deal with it. Right. So it's huge. All these little pieces, right. That we can do with our little guys that are going to help them as they get older. Um, when we're talking about school age children, again, just because we're six, seven, eight, nine years old, 10 years old, doesn't mean that we're not allowed to cry, that our feelings have gone away. If anything, those feelings are going to be coming up even more. Now, the work that we're doing in supporting that, those, those offloads and those big emotions, that's going to help a lot. Toddler preschoolers, that's going to help a lot when we get into that school age um, category. However, um, you know, if we haven't been allowing a lot of that offloading and, and that importance of crying, then there's, there's great work ahead of you. It's going to be, I mean, there's always work involved with, with the emotional side to it, um, but it's going to be so beneficial. It's never too late to work on emotions and allowing upset and validating feelings. So um, with our big kids, we're not talking for them that can be really hard to not talk over them and not talk for them, um, not to solve all of their problems. Mm -hmm. uh, they, my initial feeling is to jump in and offer a solution all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's really not helpful. It really isn't. A better really suggestion isn't. is to say, you know, things like that sounds like it really sucks or mm -hmm. that sounds really tough. Not anymore. Yes. <laughs> That's that a lot. really tough. Um, it's okay not being first in line. It's okay to have to wait their turn. It's okay to lose, right? Yes. We're teaching our toddlers and preschoolers that it is okay to lose so that when our school-age kids are now playing extracurricular, we're not having either, and, and goes both ways, sore losers, sore winners. Like we just had a conversation about being a sore winner today, right? It goes both ways, mm -hmm. um, but it's how we win, how we learn, how we, um, you know, act in those situations. So, so these are be jumping in and saying, can he just go first? Cause if he just goes yes. first, it's easier for everybody. Or you know what? You're not in first place. Who cares? Suck it up, but a cup, tough, tough it up. Right. It doesn't. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes it's not about being first. Sometimes it's, I don't want to be in the back because this kid that always stands behind me gets knocked. But if I'm up in front, he doesn't come up in front because that's where the coaches are. Right. So yeah. being mindful that if your child, your school age child is really struggling, it's not always that surface piece that, that is the initial problem. Right. There's, you need to dig a little bit deeper. Um, and at this age, any upset that we're getting, we're validating always. And, and through all of these ages, we're validating that upset, validating regardless of how small or insignificant it feels to you, we want to be validating that upset. Um, and so I have a story 
surprise, surprise. Um, Ireland at nine. Uh, she's now 15, but when she was nine, uh, Ireland had a very hard day and she just was very upset. And she said, you know what? You just don't even know how hard my life is. And as an adult, I kind of, my first gut reaction was like, well, let me tell you, kiddo, how hard life is, right? I kind of, it was laughable. It felt like it was laughable because I was like, you're nine. But I really had to check myself. I checked myself because for her at nine, this is the hardest her life had ever been. She mm-hmm. was having struggles with girls at school. She was having struggles in, in class because there was so much more stress now for, for what projects had to get done and all of that stuff. So for her at nine, that was the hardest her life had ever been. So when I put it into that perspective, I was then able to understand and, and be there as that support to say, you're right, kiddo, this year has been tough. And, and that validating especially with our toddlers preschoolers school-age children when I say when I have a child who's you know up high and I say hey buddy that must be really tough that can bring them down sometimes by 70 percent but if I have a child who's at sitting at like an 80 90 percent about to like lose their mind and then I add in well you should have done this and is there anything else you could have done and what about this and what about that well then now we've just lost it now we're just a whole big everything's a big whole fight kerfuffle right well at least you don't have a mortgage (laughs) exactly right whereas you're right this is really tough this is the hardest your life has been at this point that's going to decompress so much faster than any kind of you know um uh uh, fluff off i can't think of the word sorry um (laughs) i could have given her fluff it off you know dismiss it yeah and sometimes we won't know exactly what it is that's yeah. bothering them. That's all right. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's bothering exactly. Me. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes we're just kind of feeling down and we don't really know exactly why. Or maybe three days from now we'll start to understand, oh yeah, that's why I'm kind of feeling like this, right? Yes. Sometimes yes. we just don't know what's going on with them. Other times we can pinpoint okay, well, this happened, and I'm pretty sure that it has a lot to do with this, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just kind of having those feelings towards this, but we don't always have to know. All we have to know is that our our support helps them through, regardless yes. of what it is, and at some point, whatever they were struggling with is going to probably come out, you know, yep. whether it's them that shows that it's coming out, or a certain behavior that they're showing us without necessarily knowing what it is. Sometimes it won't come out and that's okay, but we've supported them and that's what's important. Absolutely. And, and our goal in this, I mean, crying is one of those things that we could have talked in all of the, like we literally had to like pick fine little points and just like stick to this because <laughs> it's one of those things that we can go off on and on and on and on about the importance of crying and especially with our toddlers, preschoolers um, as they get older. And ultimately I have four children. My goal in raising my children is that if I'm teaching them as babies and, and toddlers and preschoolers and school age children that regardless of what it is, I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to support your feelings, big or small. To me, this means that I'm now going to have a teenager that is going to be comfortable coming to me to tell me their feelings, big or small, right? And and 
I know that we are parenting in the present, but that for me, when I get to that teenage years, I need to know that they feel safe and confident coming to me and that I'm feeling good with my tools because teenage, I'm, I have a 15 year old teenage years are a whole different ball game. And for me, <laughs> for me, I'm terrified. <laughs> yes. I can definitely vouch for that. So having these tools now, and when they're younger is going to grow as they get older. So then there's growing your confidence as well as a parent. So, so there's so much, so much, so much about crying that we would love to talk about. If at any point you are struggling with sleep, parenting, development, anything like that, please reach out to Restful Parenting. We can absolutely help, especially when it comes to learning more about this emotional side, especially if this isn't how you've been parenting, if this hasn't, wasn't how you were parented. Um, so there can be a lot of questions and there can be a lot uh, that comes along with it. And we would love to chat more about it. So if you are struggling with that upset, if you're feeling full of anxiety um, and stress anytime your little one is upset, please don't hesitate to reach out, uh, wrestleparenting.com. We would love to help. If you are one of those parents who feels like you're walking on eggshells yes. most of the time or some of the time or all of the time, know that we have helped hundreds of parents just <laughs> like you and we can absolutely get you on that, that road to parenting with confidence and being able to accept that your little one might have meltdowns and know exactly how to handle them most yeah. of the time. I'm not going to say oh, yeah. every single time because Thank none you. of us know how to handle situations every single time that they happen. And sometimes we will tell our little ones that's enough. Like, I can't, I can't listen to your crying right now, you know, but I'm reminded by my nine-year-old when I do say that sometimes, but I'm allowed to cry. You always yes. tell me that I'm allowed to cry and I so have good. these feelings, right? And so then I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I do say that all the time, right? But yes, if you are one of those parents that does need a little bit of that guidance or just wants a little bit of that guidance or to know how to handle these various big feelings, then we are here for you. Yes, yes so are. Girls, you guys are the best. I'm so happy that we get to do this together. Thanks for joining, Elisa and Heidi. My pleasure. You guys are the best, 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 best. <laughs> um, thank love. Wow. I know. I know. I love you guys today. It's a Sunday afternoon. I'm not making dinner tonight. It's oh. a love fest. Yeah. I'm taking <laughs> Sunday dinner off my table, off my plate. I said we are having leftovers. No or... pun intended or pun yeah. intended. <laughs> <laughs> so it's up to you guys. So I'm loving, loving it. So um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you taking that time to hang out with us. Um, thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Heidi. Thanks. Hey, next time. Bye. Bye.